0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All righty, rocking and rolling, hour number three of our radio program. That's right, it is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. One of my favorite shows of all time is the Jersey Shore, I still watch the family vacation version of it to this day. Uh, Big reunion coming up. And uh, Mike Sorrentino, The Situation, is here with us in studio right now. He has a new book out, How I Overcame Addiction, Loss in Prison. The name of the book is Reality Check, Making the Best of the Situation. And The Situation is sitting in studio with us right now. Mike, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming
2: in. Yes, thanks for having me, guys. We obviously have a situation, but today... The new nickname is The Publication because we're releasing this new book over the next couple weeks and it is my masterpiece.
1: And you have the investigation as well while uh, watching the show and that investigation actually landed to Angelina... uh, finding her father. So uh, I'm addicted to the show. I'm a sycophant to the Jersey Shore.
2: The new season uh, should be airing shortly, uh, I believe, in uh, March. Number one show on MTV on Thursdays and sometimes on cable as well. We turned 15 minutes of fame into 15 years.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy.
2: So indeed we do have a situation. Um, but, uh, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for coming in. You know, it's wild. Like when I first watched, watched the show, I think I was in either high school or middle school Okay. and now seeing you guys with families, it's, it's wild with kids. Now you guys go on vacations. It's like, what shirt is Dina going to make you Uh, wear and and make a nice family picture? It's wild to see how you guys have grown up throughout the years.
2: I mean, it's definitely unheard of for a reality show to be cash driven for 15 years. You can't really name any. Actually, you might be able to name one. Maybe uh, Kardashians. Yeah. Maybe. maybe, maybe. Um, but the the fans, the viewers, uh, they have uh, grown up with us. And uh, we are definitely very uh, grateful for that. But I'd have to say, I mean, I'm a fan of the show myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a funny show. Uh, it's got uh, funny lines, funny jokes. And, um, like, uh, you know, it's just uh, we get into shenanigans. We're like the friends version of reality TV, I think.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's a great way to put it. And also, I, I'm a little concerned about you today because you've been doing this uh, PR tour since like 9 a.m. I
2: know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little,
1: I'm a little <laughs> tired right now. <laughs> but, but you can't go like 30 seconds without eating. Like when they told me that Mike was already here and you're supposed to come on at 5.20, I go... Guys, we have no food for him because oh, yes. the way you eat on the Jersey yes. Shore, you order everything off the menu. It's crazy. I,
2: I, I do. Um, I do have an obsessive personality, and I love food just like everyone else. So I think that's very relatable. Um, but it's like my thing on TV. You know what I mean? I got, I, you know, uh, When I go to a restaurant, um, I, I believe in good food, even if it means ordering the whole menu. One of everything. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah.
1: So ideal meal here. What's your ideal appetizer? You get one thing for the table. What is it? Oh,
2: wow. You can't just get one thing. Really one thing?
1: Well, that's, that's why it's a tough question. Yeah, it
2: is a tough I, question. I know you would
1: order like every single thing on the menu, not all eight appetizers, just one appetizer. All right.
2: If I got to pick one thing, mm-hmm. right? I got to go with the seafood tower that's oh, got, you see how I yeah, did, you see what loaded. I did, you see what I just got, the seafood tower's got about three, four levels sometimes That's to got it. the oysters, yeah, the got, calamari, got, yeah, the so shrimp. If you got to pick one thing, the seafood tower, you got your bang for your buck right there.
1: Yeah, all right, now main uh, the appetizers go away, main course comes out. What's the main course for you? Uh, I feel like it's a pasta, right?
2: It, pasta is my favorite. It definitely is. Pasta is my favorite. Probably then a chicken cutlet, then a surf and turf.
1: And I don't even need to ask you the, uh, the dessert, right? It's the fun funfetti cake.
2: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I'll be honest. I would have to definitely pick uh, pasta. I love everything. I like fusilli. I like mm-hmm. penne, rigatoni, pesto, uh, Sunday sauce, uh, you know, clams, oregano. I mean, uh, anything pasta I love.
1: Well, November is always a tough month for us because on this show, I feel like I'm on an island because I don't like turkey. Thanksgiving
2: um, you know what I, um, I I think it's an unpopular opinion uh, to say that but I'll be honest with you I am not the biggest fan either of some of the menu options for Thanksgiving I like to Italian it up a little bit I'd yeah. I like to add some bagziti or something to it which a lot of the times most uh, families and house, households don't do.
1: Well, we flipped the bird to the bird many years ago, and now we just make sure that the lasagna is the featured dish. Oh, oh yeah. And, and that's the way to go. And, and it's it funny. Is, it is. When you're on a platform it like is. this, I, I feel like I'm the voice for the voiceless on is. Thanksgiving. It I can't is. tell you how many people reach it out is. to me and they go, turkey just sucks on Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah. I I mean, to be honest with you, if you want to put together the perfect Thanksgiving uh, meal, you, you should throw in the lasagna. <clears throat> or uh, some baked zita. Um, I, and, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't even, the turkey wouldn't even be my main. I, I might even throw in some ham. Yeah. I might even throw in some lamb or something. Yeah, it's like Dan Campbell, y- the lions you know there, saying? Coach. I, I don't know if I, I'm not the biggest fan of turkey. Obviously, I enjoyed Thanksgiving this year, um, but you got to jazz it up.
1: Talking to Mike, the situation, the name of the book is Reality Check How I Overcame Addiction, Loss, and Prison. You know, some people may be like, oh, why do they have the situation on a sports show today? The reason why I wanted to bring you on, not only have we got to know each other a little bit throughout the years, but um, I think people hearing your story is important because it doesn't matter, sports fan, not. You know, a lot of people go through what you had to go through, and you've been an inspiration to to many people to try to fight through some of those
2: demons. Yeah, you know, as an early man, I was uh, subject to uh, a life of excess. I I was um, I was blessed early on in life with you know millions of dollars in in my dream job, and uh, eventually, I didn't know who I was, you know, at the core. I had an obsessive personality, Mm -hmm. and everything eventually became obsessive. You know the uh parties the women the drugs the money and eventually most people uh, are unable to get out of that lifestyle of excess and they either unfortunately they die there or they just never get out of it and, and 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 never transition to family life and um and mature you know it's just a tough life to get out of you hear stories all the time that you know these athletes and these celebrities making millions right they're driving the ferraris and then they just It is never get out of that lifestyle of excess. But for me, uh, eventually, I did hit rock bottom, but I used rock bottom as a trampoline, okay? And uh, I started to rebuild my life. I'm now uh, eight years clean and sober. Congratulations. I'll be celebrating over the next uh, couple days uh, on social media. And uh, uh, I'm now uh, a father of two babies with one on the way. Wow. Uh, Married five years and a happy, healthy marriage. Uh, I also speak at rehabs and, and high schools and colleges across the country sharing my experience, strength, and hope um, to let people know out there that, like, listen, if Mike could do it, I could I could do it, too. If Mike can overcome certain obstacles, I can, too.
1: And unfortunately, you know, I, I know it because I had two or three, fr- uh, two or, uh, three friends, actually, that passed away. Oh, yeah, and, and, me, too. And, and, and they weren't able to, to overcome the demons, and a lot of times they just didn't know how to ask for help or you knew they had a problem, but you didn't know the extent of it. Yes. And I'm just wondering, you know, you going through it and now coming out on the better side of it, when did you realize, Hey, I'm going down the wrong path. I need help.
2: Well, I mean, first of all, I'd like to point out that I love the fact that you said demons because most men uh, probably that are listening to this, we all know that we got that uh, a demon inside of us and uh, some people can control it better than others. But for me, I always knew that I was always pushing the envelope and the limits for everything. Um, And eventually once, um, I I guess once my behavior became too reckless um, and uh, I started to put my job at risk and my friends and relationships at risk um, and I started to lose money, uh, eventually I found myself almost homeless, okay? Wow. I almost found myself almost homeless. The government was coming after me for millions. Mm-hmm. Couldn't pay for the lawyer anymore. Um, I had to put up the the hands and surrender and be like, "Man, um, I, I need I need to get some help." And I think uh, it takes a lot of courage to put your hand up and be like, "Listen, uh, my way has led me to uh, almost killing myself, or destruction, or or jail, or prison. Uh, I got to try something different." You know what I'm saying? I gotta try something different, and uh, that's exactly what I did. Um, uh, I, I pretty much changed everything about myself that was uh, negative. I realized that I had a, an obsessive personality, and I I could only feed myself positive behaviors. So that's what I did. What did well, you? One day at a time.
1: What did you gain from having to go to prison? Just wondering.
2: Um, I mean, you you obviously gain accountability. You know what I mean? I, I didn't think that the judge was going to send me to prison. I was a first-time offender. Um, I was in uh, the zone for probation and community service, which uh, I held out uh, with the government for almost down to my trial. And and if anybody knows anything about the system, if you get a plea bargain that and you're in the level of that is recommended for probation and community service and you're uh, a first-time offender, meaning mm-hmm. you have no priors, Nine out of 10 times, you are going to get probation and community service. But because of who I was, and I was on TV, and I was, uh, you know, this 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 guy, Star, this, yeah. this guy, the situation, they made an example out of me. And I had to take my medicine like a man. I had to hold my head high. I didn't think I was going to go to prison, but when they first sent my brother away for two years, I, I'll be honest with you, I sat there, I'm like, oh, they sent him away for two years, they're not going to send me within within five minutes later she sent me almost a a year and i sat there i'm like all right i guess this is what i'm doing next um and, and it forced me to take total accountability total accountability means if you were unhappy in any spot of your life go look in the mirror and that's who you need to talk to because if i was not guilty guess what the judge wouldn't have sent me to prison but my name was on all the accounts that made all the millions of dollars right now if my team didn't file the taxes it doesn't matter i needed to file i was responsible to do that um so the buck stops with me you can have employees you could have a publicist you could have a whole team insulating you which i did it doesn't really matter you can have checks and balances but if you don't check and balance and you're an absentee leader, then you're going to end up in prison. That's what happened to me.
1: Uh, tell me about the time you, you uh, did heroin and then also the time when you guys were going to Italy to film yeah. and all the, the drugs that you brought over they and how you did it. Smuggling, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, which, which one you want first? Go with the heroin first. Oh, man, that, that, that was a tough story. I always told myself uh, you know, I, I made millions of dollars you know, yearly. Uh, I would never uh, take this drug. Uh, This is the drug that people don't come back from. Um, This is a drug that I felt that I didn't have to. I had the resources. I had the money. Um, But after years and years of making bad decisions, I found myself um, behind the eight ball. I was depressed, uh, anxiety through the roof. I was unemployed, months behind on the rent. Government was coming after me for millions. I was about to be evicted and I wanted to get out of feeling that way, so I had a moment of weakness, uh, and 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 it's, I'll be honest with you, it, it, it's relatable. So I, I I got I got the case of I don't know if I could say this, but fuck it, and um, I called up a buddy of mine, and I'm like, yo, man, I'm like, uh, you, you know, you know anybody that we can get some uh, prescription pills? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll come pick you up. I come pick it up. I I come pick up my boy, and he goes, we got to drive to Newark. I was like, bro, I can't drive to Newark, man. I'm on one of the biggest reality shows in the country. My nickname is The Situation. Man,
1: everyone knows who you are.
2: <laughs> Ever, you think I can go? <laughs> you can't hide anywhere. You really yeah. hide in, in, in a housing po- complex or in the streets of Newark when the sirens are going around? He's like, man, stay in the car. Uh, I'll go. I know somebody. Don't worry. We'll be real quick. I reluctantly went. I knew it was a bad idea. I jumped in uh, my white Corvette at the time in 2000. Um, I think it was two, thousand fifteen, and uh, we're driving down to Newark. I'm fighting with my then girlfriend, who's my now wife, yeah. and she knows where I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, the women in our life always yeah. know when they always, make, know. always know when we're making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And I, I get down to Newark, and I just knew it was a bad a bad idea. You got sirens going around everywhere, and um, we parked. He went into a housing complex. He was gone for an hour here, an hour there. We striking out. And I just felt worse because every time that he kept striking out, I'm thinking to myself, you know what, if I don't score these prescription pills soon, I'm probably going to go into withdrawal. And if Mm -hmm. anybody knows what withdrawal means, it means you're dependent on uh, prescription pills and you're probably going to get cold-like symptoms very soon and you're going to be seriously uncomfortable and it's going to be a bad situation ASAP. Uh, Eventually, my friend comes back out to the car, okay? Okay. I was surprised we even made it that far because uh, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm on one of the biggest TV shows in the country, and I'm going to score drugs in a Corvette in yeah. the, in the hood. <laughs> okay, uh, we get back in the car, and he throws on my lap uh, this almost like a uh, this bundle of some sort, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And in my brain, I'm like, "No, he didn't." In my brain, I'm like, "This is my boy since we were little." I'm like, "No, he didn't." Just throw something on my lap that I said I was never going to do. Yeah. He knows I didn't want to do this. He knows what I wanted. I had the money not to do this. Oh my God, no. And um, sure enough, it was heroin. And it was the first time I ever seen it. It was like a wrapped up bundle. It was wax paper. It was like this yellowy, uh, sandy uh, substance. And I'm like, oh, man, like, what am I going to do? It was already hours we are out in Newark. We can't continue to search. And now we got heroin on us. I mean, this is uh, this bad situation just got worse. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, man, just, let's just get out of here. Let's just go home. Now we're on the way home, on the turnpike, going back from Newark, back to uh, central Jersey. And I got my then-girlfriend blowing up my phone. Where am I at? Where am I at? Where you at? I finally get back to the house and um i still got this bundle on me and i'm like i told myself all right man what am i going to do what am i going to i deep down inside i probably knew i was going to try it you know what i mean because it was just i had no other option you know i'm about to go through uh what's it called withdrawals i get back in my room i tell my uh my then girlfriend at the time i said i'm going to go to sleep early uh, i close the door and i take my key out of my pocket and i'm about to try a key bump i dip it into um the little baggie and I try it and I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't die. And then I was like, I don't like it. I didn't like it. I'm like, Oh my God, thank God. I didn't like it. Most people don't come back from this. Oh my God, I'm going to survive. Like, Oh my God. And then a little devil on my shoulders. Like why don't you try a little bit more? Maybe you'll like it then. Um, Maybe you'll get a little high from it. So then I'm like, all right, cool. But in the back of my head, I'm like, if I try too much, I might die. You know, because yeah, people right? o- overdose from mm-hmm. this this type of substance. So as I was going in for this second, keep up my phone rings. And guess who it is? It's my mom. Huh. And I'm like, no way. So I pick it up. And my mom goes, are you okay? There was concern in her voice to the point
1: she knew something was wrong She knew yeah. something
2: I couldn't believe it I looked up at the sky Like I was in the Truman Show I'm like Are there hidden cameras In my in this room yeah. right now? This is ridiculous It was a sign From above The almighty Okay Send an angel down To try to save me but You need
1: I, to stop What you're doing now I
2: had my eyes And I had my ears Open up slightly enough Obviously they weren't Open a lot Because I went down To Newark To get this substance mm-hmm. But they were open Slightly enough For me to listen To this message And at the same time, uh, uh, somebody at the door is knocking. It's my then girlfriend, who's my now wife, knocking at the door. And I'm like, all right, this is this is too much. This is a wrap. Yeah. This is a wrap. This is not supposed to happen. Uh, maybe if I would have went forward, I would have died. And right then and there, I just called it quits. I threw it in the toilet. I had tears in my eyes because I, 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 got, I got to the precipice of almost passing a, a point of no return. I felt I stared the devil in the face. And I, you know, maybe I I didn't come back. Um, I opened the door, hung up with my mother. I flushed the the drugs down the toilet. And then um, I opened the door and I had tears in my eyes. I uh, embraced my then-girlfriend at the time and said, you know what, I'm sorry. I need help. I need to to go to rehab. I have a really big problem. I called my pretrial officer who was assigned to the United States versus the situation, uh, the court case. And I had, I was like, I I just uh, spilled my guts. I'm like, listen, I can't, my life was on the line. I, you know, I had to be totally accountable. I'm like, I got to go to rehab. The next day I was in rehab. I pretty much never turned back. I'm now eight years uh, clean and sober. Uh, An example of the comeback is greater than the setback.
1: Well, let me just ask you this before we let you run. Mike, the situation, once again, the name of the book is Reality Check, Making the Best of the Situation, How I Overcame Addiction, Loss, and Prison. This is supposed to be a happy time of the year. It's supposed to be about family and yeah. food and yeah. everyone's gearing up for December coming off of Thanksgiving. I'm sure there's people listening right now that say, are saying, I'm going through something that, that Mike was going through. Yeah. What advice do you give them and what do you say to, for them to have the courage to reach out and ask for help to try to fight these demons?
2: Um, I would say that it takes courage to put your hand up and say, I need help. I mean, we're all, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Okay, we're all sharing this human experience. Okay, put your hands up. I need help because th- there are some people out there, okay, that take a substance and don't come back from it. They over, they OD, um, they pass, and next thing you know, you never see them again. Now. Okay, but you could be on the other side of that and you could raise your hand and be like, listen, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, okay? And this right here, I could be that angel right now for somebody listening on the other side. Like that angel, which was my mother and my then wife who's who's, or my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, saved me back in 2015. Um, And also, if if the situation can recover from such, uh, you know, a crazy, um, debilitating addiction, and so can you. Um, And and if I can overcome obstacles, so can you.
1: Before we let you run, just what do you want people to, to gain from the book?
2: Um, I just, uh, you know what? I want, I think the book is going to presently surprise the readers and the public. I think it's going to, um, it's going to entertain. It's going to shock you, educate you. And also it's going to inspire you and it's going to save a lot of lives. And I'm very excited to release this book over the next couple of weeks. It's definitely going to be a movie. I guarantee if you read the book, you will not be able to put it down.
1: And then the last thing I got to ask you one show question here. So we saw a lot of Ronnie and Sam yes. on the show this yes. year, yes, but in separate rooms. Yes. um, I saw a TikTok of them dancing together. Yes, Next season, are we getting them in the same room? Next season is the season. Okay, so we Next. will see them in the same room on camera for the first time. Next season is the season. How is Ronnie doing, by
2: the way? I mean, listen, I, I always support a comeback. Everyone always loves a good one. So um, he's doing good as far as I know.
1: Well, appreciate you coming in once again. The name of the book is Reality Check, Making the Best of the Situation. It's by Mike Sorrentino, The Situation. Mike, thanks so much.
2: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
1: You got it. This is Zach Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break, and we'll come on back after these short messages.
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: All righty, this is Zach Gelb's show on CBS Sports Radio. You know, when I was watching the college football playoff committee last night, I was thinking to myself, what would be the most intriguing playoff? With only four teams, who would be... The four teams that would intrigue me the most, not the best teams, not the four teams that are the most deserving. Just what would be the four teams that are the most intriguing? And the way that I answered this question, when I'm watching the playoff committee show comes out and they have Georgia one, Michigan in at number two, and uh, you have Washington at three, Florida State in at four. Oregon 5, Ohio State 6, Texas 7, and Alabama 8, and that's where you could draw the line in the Sam. And I was thinking to myself, the way that I think intriguing would answer this question that I have, and the definition of intriguing would be, can any of these four teams have a shot to win it all? Because even though Florida State, I think if they win, they're in. But Florida State without Jordan Travis is not winning two games in the college football playoff. You know, Ohio State, I think if they get somehow find a way to back themselves into the college football playoff with Kyle McCord, I don't think they're winning two games in the college football playoff, even with how great Marvin Harrison Jr. is and he could cover, uh, you know, could carry a team. So this is how I got to this answer. And I guess this has a, a possibility of happening. I don't think it's likely. But if we found a way and Michigan beats Iowa, which going to happen, they're in. Then let's say Oregon upsets Washington. Or it wouldn't be an upset because they're a a 9.5 point favorite now. But they did lose to them earlier in the year, and they are rated lower than them right now. But the Ducks are now a a 9.5 point favorite. So let's say Oregon beats Washington. Then Texas, they beat Oklahoma State. And Alabama beats Georgia. You give me those four teams, means Georgia would be out with one loss and non-SEC champ. And it means Florida State would have to lose to Louisville. Which is a possibility. Florida State's only two and a half point favorite. And it'd be very much uh, kind of Pac-12-ish like for the ACC. That Louisville last week, they lose to Kentucky. And they now have two losses. And they're in the ACC championship game. And the team that has a chance to go to the playoff in Florida State. Then drops one to Louisville. But you give me those four teams of the college football playoff. It's not the four best teams. But it'd be the most intriguing playoff. Because you would have Michigan, Oregon, Texas, and Alabama in the college football playoff. And I would imagine that, huh, it would be Michigan one. I guess you would then have Oregon, Texas, whichever you want, two, three. And then it would be Alabama four. And you would see Michigan, Alabama in the first round and Oregon, Texas in the first round. The winner would then be the national championship. Now. I don't want to say these are my official predictions. But where I was on Monday, it has changed a little bit now two days later on Wednesday. I'm going to go through the conference championship games right now in the Power Five. And I tell you who I think I'm going to, who's going to win and then what happens here. On Wednesday right now, I do think Michigan is clearly going to defeat Iowa. The question is, do they just cover the 20-something point spread? So Michigan is in. Georgia-Alabama, I think this is going to be a close game. I think this is going to be a good game, but I'm still going with Georgia. I will not pick against Georgia until they go down. Washington and Oregon, I love the coaches of both these programs and Kalen DeBoer and Dan Lanning. I love the quarterbacks of both programs in Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr., but that spread being nine, nine and a half points, it makes no sense, and I think they're begging you to plus the points of Washington and the committee, or excuse me, Vegas is thinking that Oregon's going to win this game big. I do believe Oregon will win the game. Texas-Oklahoma State. I was thinking about Oklahoma State pulling off the upset here. I will plus them on the 14 and a half points, but I'm going to go with Texas to win the game. And I do think Louisville is going to find a way to beat Florida State. That spread only being 2.5 points. Florida State, who they win, they're in. There's no debate from me. But Florida State being a 2.5-point favorite... Playing with fire the last two weeks. Unfortunately, losing your quarterback Jordan Travis for the season, which is a shame because he deserved to be in New York for the Heisman. Florida State has been a phenomenal team all throughout the year, and Jordan Travis, one of the toughest players, if not the toughest player in the country with the injuries that he's been dealing with that eventually just got to him, and it was a terrible injury. But I, I, I'm I, going with Louisville right now. I lean Louisville in this game. So that means my Power 5 conference champs will be Michigan, Georgia, Oregon, Georgia, Texas and Louisville. And I think for the committee, you then have to go, and it's without a doubt, Georgia's one, Michigan's two, Oregon's three, and Texas is four. So you would see Georgia going up against Texas and Michigan going up against Oregon with the right to the national championship game. So that does not mean what I think would be the most intriguing, which would be Michigan, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. Just because I say it's going to be the most intriguing doesn't mean what I'm going to predict. I predict on Monday when we get in here, right now on this Wednesday, that Georgia will be one, Michigan will be two, Oregon will be sitting in at three, and then Texas will be in at four. And I thought for a while this week it was going to be tough for for Texas to get in. But really what Texas needs is they need Florida State to lose, which I think could happen. And then they are becoming the biggest Georgia fans this weekend because even though they beat Alabama by 10 in Tuscaloosa, you can't leave that in the hands of the committee. Now, with that being said, last year, Ohio State, they lost to Michigan and they got blown out in that fourth quarter and they backed their way into the college football playoff. And it is wild. If Ohio State made that field goal right at midnight, they probably win the national championship because early in the day, Michigan lost to TCU and Ohio State was a better team than TCU. So Ohio State could have gone from getting embarrassed in the second half or in the fourth quarter up against Michigan to slaying Georgia and finding a way to beat them. And then beating TCU in the national title game. But it didn't happen because they didn't make the kick. So now, Ohio State, everyone thinks they're done. They're dead. They were the sixth team in the latest ranking of the college football playoff committee. I do believe since they're not playing this weekend and Texas and Alabama are with wins, Texas and Alabama would move past Ohio State. But there isn't a window here. And there's a door that could be open for Ohio State for them to back their way in once again. And they would need Georgia, Michigan, and Washington to win. You would need chalk there. Georgia to beat Alabama, Michigan clearly to beat Iowa, and Washington to uh, take care of business against Oregon. And then after that, they would need Oklahoma State and Louisville to take care of business against Texas and Florida State. That happens. One loss, Ohio State. They're They're going to get in. Because at that point, Oregon would have two losses. Florida State, would, with that one loss, they would be done. Texas would have two losses. They would be done. And Alabama would have two losses as well. And when I was thinking about that last night, I'm like, man, that's not impossible. It's still a tough ass, but it's not impossible for Ohio State. So little Buckeye fans will still give you a little, little sliver of hope after losing for the third straight year to Michigan. So what do you think would be the most intriguing college football playoff? I don't think this is going to happen, but the most intriguing college football playoff for me would be Michigan, Oregon, Texas, and Alabama because you truly cannot tell me out of those four teams who would win the national championship. All righty, it's Eagles 49ers week. That game will happen on Sunday in South Philadelphia at 425 p.m. Eastern. Debo Samuel and Hassan Reddick are going at it. We will talk about that conversation next, but first up with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, here's the man, Rich Ackerman.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
2: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. medella is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All
1: righty, it's time to answer Ask the Pros question of the day, and it's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You can submit a question by tweeting at Zach Gelb or at CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag Ask the Pros. Jim in the Bay Area says Zach is the 49ers Eagles game the best rivalry happening these days in the NFL. You could think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. O O'Reilly Auto Parts. I would say yes, and I know a lot of people are going to be up in arms. What about the Cowboys versus everybody? Or what about the Cowboys and 49ers? Or Uh, What about you you go through some of the great rivalries in the league, the Packers and the Bears and uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs, and you can go on and on and on. A lot of times now in sports, rivalries don't have hatred anymore because the athletes are so friendly. Like how many times, Stu, when you watch an NBA game these days, it's like everyone talks a big game, but then when you get on the court, it's like a love affair. That's why actually... You know, um, the Warriors and the Grizzlies was actually fun last year when you had Bum Brooks. Now Bum Brooks is somewhere else because there was actual animosity between those two teams. And now maybe it's just a different era that we live in. There's not a lot of animosity. But when you have the 40 ers or excuse me, the 49ers, I can't be disrespectful, don't want to upset anybody. When you have the 49ers go on this tour in the offseason, where it's like, oh, we would have crushed the Eagles, we would have smothered the Eagles, we would have beat the Eagles, and then you have Debo Samuel called James Bradbury trash. That gets personal. And I'm sure there's friendships between these two teams. There's players on the on the 49ers that, there's, uh, that are friendly with players in the Eagles. But you call a teammate trash? You call a teammate garbage? That's a little bit different. You know, like, we're here at CBS Sports Radio, like if someone said to me, Hey, Stuart Kovacs is is garbage. Like, it's one thing for me to mess around with Stu, but you start messing around with Stu, we're going to have some problems. That ain't cool. And that's what Debo Samuel did at the Super Bowl. And the other thing that's amazing to me, they go, the 49ers go, you know, if we had Brock Purdy. Well, why did Brock Purdy get knocked out of the game? Because your great offensive line couldn't block anybody or Kyle Shanahan used the tight end to try to chip Hassan Reddick. So there's a lot of bad blood here because the Eagles, I don't think they hated the 49ers when they beat them last year, but it was all the crying and the whining and the bitching and the complaining that the 49ers did after the game. And that's why, like, we'll play you the audio in just a bit. When I had Debo Samuel on during the summer, it was inconceivable to me that Debo said they would beat them by, like, 20 points. I'm not saying Debo shouldn't have confidence in his own team. I'm not saying Debo should get on the radio and say, "Yeah, hey, I think the Eagles are going to win the game. Who would expect that? No one expects to lose. No one wants to lose. But the Eagles didn't play one close uh, one game last year that was a blowout. They didn't. So why did you think just because Brock Purdy was healthy that you would have walked into Philly and blown out the Philadelphia Eagles? And here's the thing, too. Eagles could lose this week. It's huh? definitely a chance. Fortnite is a heck of a team. The the Eagles absolutely could lose this weekend. But we're all hoping these two teams meet in the NFC title game. We all are. And maybe the winner who wins this weekend isn't the winner at the end of the season. So the way I look at it, 49ers and Eagles right now, in this moment, not saying this is going to be the case for the next 20 years, not going to turn into like out-of-division Brady up against uh, Manning for all those years with the Patriots and the Colts, and then eventually the Patriots and the Broncos. Because those are just the two best quarterbacks in the game. Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback, top three quarterback in the sport. Brock Purdy, he's very good. We don't know what his ceiling, though, is going to be. And a lot of times in this sport, it's the quarterbacks that create rivalries and really move the needle nationally. But in this case, these two teams, they just do a lot of trash talking. And these two teams are two of the best teams in football, and they literally can't stand one another. And I think that's very good, very good for the sport. Uh, Let's hear Hassan Redick. This is on KYW News Radio in Philly on the 49ers talking after the NFC
0: title game. Talk is cheap. You know, they get to come back in the link. It was a lot of boo-hoos last year, a lot of crying, a lot of what if, a lot of this, a lot of that. They get a chance to come back in here. Line that up and prove it again. A lot of
1: boo-hoos. Like, when you say boo hoos Stu, don't you got to be like, a lot of boohoo's, hoos boo hoo hoo Yeah, you got to play it up a bit. Boo-hoo! Play me Reddick's uh, voice one, one more time there. I want to see if uh, he went to a higher octave.
0: Talk is cheap. You know, they get to come back in the link. Yeah, it was a lot of boo-hoos last year, a lot of crying. Man, not a really. lot of what if, a lot of this, a lot you of know, that. That's a temple-made man in Hassan
1: Reddick, someone I know very well. I may have to text him, you know, big priorities this week, Hassan. You know, Hassan, you, you, you got to work on the boohoo's. But he's not wrong. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like a baby just crying over and over and over again with the 49ers this off season. So Debo Samuel was asked about that comment by Hassan Reddick on the Up and Adams show with uh, Kay Adams.
0: No, I this not a moment of the field. We was just talking ball that said what I said and, you know, and they dragged it on
1: or whatever, but Whatever the case may be, but by the end of the day, like, I said it. Yeah, I said it, but I
3: don't, I don't regret it.
2: You heard Hassan Redick. I heard boo-hoos. I don't know who he's talking to, the
3: boo-hoos and all of that, but I do want to ask you. I mean, boo-hoos, Debo? Hey, man, we'll catch you on
1: Sunday. Well, you were crying all off season. You know, you were 1,000% were crying all offseason. It wasn't just you. It was, like, all your teammates. And you weren't literally crying, but you were doing the whole Oh, we would have won. What was me if our quarterback didn't get hurt? Blah, 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 blah. It sounded like a lot of excuse making. So let's revisit this audio from July 10th. This was uh, yours truly getting an opportunity to interview Debo Samuel. Let me preface this. The first three minutes, Debo was just saying nothing. Like I was having fun with him. I was complimenting him and he was just saying nothing. Now, eventually I had to ask him about the Eagles Because all he did all offseason was talk about the Eagles. Well, Debo was not happy uh, with yours truly asking him about the Eagles and uh, said, Ashley, 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 boo-hoo, boo-hoo, please get the phone away from me from this big meanie, this big fat jerk, this big fat bully in Zach Gelb. Let's uh, revisit that conversation. I saw what you said about the Eagles back at the Super Bowl at Sirius where if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt, you guys would have won that game by double digits. Why, Why would that have been the case?
3: I don't know that though.
1: So, do you not still believe that?
3: I mean, I
0: do, but I mean, we we're not that shit, like we not going to keep talking about it. I mean, I said what I said.
1: Gotcha. So, then what happens this year when you play Philly on December 3rd?
0: I don't know. Just wait till what week
1: 13, 12, whatever week it is, we'll Well, then you know how that's going to go yeah. down. You're you're going into Philadelphia. Those fans are going to be booing you loud. Ashley, you have a message boo-hoo. for Eagles fans? Hey guys. <laughs> yeah?
0: <laughs> All right, we're good to go.
1: Where? What do you mean? We have Debo on right now.
0: Yeah, I know, but we're going to head into camp right now.
1: Are, are you serious? Okay. Thank you. That's, there you Thanks. go. Bye. Debo Samuel right there. Doesn't want to answer a few questions. Are you serious? We got hung up on because all we did was ask him about the quarterback situation and then Philadelphia and we got hung up on by Debo Samuel. That's a joke. An absolute joke. That's absurd. We were told we have 15 minutes with him. He was on for five, six minutes. And he didn't want to answer anything. So I've done this long enough. That was just get the promotional plug out of the way. Then you don't want to answer any questions. and you hand the phone off to the public relations person. What a joke that was. That is going to be some scene in Philly on Sunday. You know, I kind of wish I didn't take off last weekend and I took off this weekend. Because I was at Eagles and Bills. That would have been awesome to be at Eagles and, and 49ers. Now, both fan bases do some despicable things. But the booing when Debo Samuel touches the football may be some of the more hellacious booing that you'll ever hear in Philadelphia. And somehow, someway, the Eagles win... And let's say Debo has a big drop in the game or a fumble. Can you imagine the Debo, Debo chance that will be occurring? That would really be something. So we're just getting started on Eagles and uh, 49ers week. Our boss, one of our bosses, we have like 7,000 bosses around here. David Marinick came in during the break. And uh, David said to me, you know what uh, college football playoff four teams I'd like to see? I said, who, boss? He goes, Michigan, Georgia. Washington and Oregon. And he said the way Washington and Oregon both get in Oregon beats Washington in this like thriller 41 38 where they lose by a field goal in the last second. Washington loses. Then Florida state loses Louisville possible. Texas loses Oklahoma state. I guess possible. And obviously if Georgia's in, that means Alabama loss. So that conversation would then be, do you put a one loss Washington team in over a one loss Ohio state team? And Washington has a better win than Oregon, uh, than uh, Ohio State because they beat Oregon. Ohio State's best win would be Penn State. So how about that scenario? I would actually be down with that playoff. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Oregon 3, and Washington 4. That would be fun. But uh, probably don't think two Pac-12 teams are going to get in. But you never know. That's what makes uh, this week so fun when it's only four teams. All righty, fun show today. This is Zach Gelb's show on CBS Sports Radio. appreciate each and every one of you for participating in the extravaganza. We'll be back tomorrow. Sean Merriman's going to be back in studio with us. Always love when he pays a visit to us. Dan Lanning, the head coach of the Oregon Ducks, will stop by. And also, just confirmed right now from the Michigan football team, Rod Moore will join us too. So, big day of football tomorrow. Talk to you at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. We out. Bye-bye. Peace!
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.